Here we go. Uh, the views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. However, I have no employer. <laughs> therefore, I must be the guy responsible for everything, although I do reserve the right to be incorrect. Correct. Here we go. 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 From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. Meet Toby Bieber, the 33-year-old man who spent a hundred large sculpting his face to look like Canadian songstress Justin Bieber. Hardcore meets Nerdcore, the man behind the Medal of Gallows and Alexis on Fire riffs with us about his love of podcasts, Gibson guitars, and why he won't buy a Kindle. Jackpot! We'll tell you how we won the lottery thanks to one listener's unusual superpower. Google Glass gets 19 new commands and newfound respect. Plus a Geeks and Beats update on our Best Concert Ever contest and the big bucks behind the Big Bang Theory. And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. $100,000 to look like Justin Bieber? Why didn't anybody see this cry for help coming? I'm a, I don't know why. He likes when people call him Tony Bieber, by the way. I just don't understand why. I, I realize in the article from Gawker that uh, he is a L.A.-based professional songwriter who idolizes him so much that he spent five years and a hundred grand to turn his face into a shrine for Bieber. But it was ever so spuriously described as a fear of aging. When you're 33 years old, I really don't think aging is what you're focused on, is it? Well, no, I, I think this is one of these people who have, you know, body morphic issues. And, you know, it's, it's like that woman who has spent all that money to look just like a Barbie doll. And I, I, it's, it's, it's sad. It really is. I mean, what's the matter with you? Why can't you be happy in your own skin? Why would you have to spend $100,000 to look like somebody else. I mean, it's, it's, dude, get some help. Like, really? He most recently went under the knife back in July uh, to have the sides of his mouth extended in a procedure known as smile surgery that cost him $15,000 in and to itself. They've got before and after pictures on Gawker.com, and he's a good-looking guy. There's absolutely no reason why he had to do this, and I'm I'm apprehensive about mocking him mercilessly for choosing to look like Justin Bieber because this is clearly a sign of something's not right upstairs. I think that something is extremely wrong here and, and the guy needs some help. So how... I don't know where to go with this. I, I don't think there is anywhere to go. I think this this is a story that got picked up in the British paper. So it's now a worldwide story. It's just kind of... I don't know, dude... <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> you know, I really don't have anything for you. What are you going to do with this guy? Well, one of the top comments uh, on alancross.ca when he originally posted this uh, was from Matt B. writing in a quote, quoting Kurt Cobain, wanting to be someone else is a waste of the person you are. Yes, I, I, I totally agree. And at 33, you should know better. And is this why we're sliding into the Costume Kingdom $15.95 Halloween costume go as Kurt Cobain? As you were, as I want you to be. 
Okay, first of all, I absolutely hate Halloween. This is when parents encourage their children to dress up in disguise, show up on your doorstep, and extort candy out of you <laughs> under threat of, of something horrible. And, you know, it's state-sanctioned. It's societally sanctioned extortion. I hate Halloween. And when you think about it, you're, you're encouraging children to dress up as the undead, as killers, as weird uh, 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 things that will bring harm to people. It's just a weird sort of celebration. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. I know that the, this track isn't exactly appropriate uh, for the season, but I think uh, Mr. Grinch certainly applies. I wanted to do this this year, but my wife said no. Uh, you know how when you order Chinese food and you get all those uh, packages of, you know, chili sauce and soy sauce and that you never, ever use? You got a drawer full of them. Right. So what I was thinking of doing is when the 14 and 15-year-old Lugans come to the door, I would give them a special mystery pack that they could reach into and, and, and grab and all they would come away with is packets of ketchup and chili sauce and soy sauce. Yeah, exactly. The 15-year-old Lugans are the ones you want to be taunting. Yes, exactly. So I, she won't, she wouldn't let me do it because she didn't want me <laughs> to keep a, a year's worth of soy sauce and chili sauce in the, in the house. And then spend three days getting the egg off the windows on the second floor. Uh, yeah, you, because <laughs> I'm sure there would be vengeance. <laughs> this year I'm going to be that dad. Which one? I bought a fog no, machine. You didn't. Oh. I did, and 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 I had to test it out the night I bought it. And I got it all set up, and it wasn't particularly dark out, so I just wanted to make sure that the thing worked. It was only 30 bucks at Target. And so I put the, the goo into it, and I turned the machine on, and for about 10 seconds, it spits out the fog. And the neighbor across the street thought my house was burning down. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about the this fog is that there was a thickness to it, and it sort of carried down the street. And after I had done it two or three times, I looked down the street and you could barely see the end of the street. There was so much fog. Really? Oh, this is going to be fantastic on Halloween night. I'm going to come over to your place with a fire extinguisher. I'm reading the instructions and it explicitly states, do not use indoors, do not use around people with asthma. And uh, I understand why now, because it leaves a greasy film everywhere. So I guess that puts the kibosh on me using it in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah. <laughs> what an entrance, though, wouldn't you think? Oh, my God, I have a <laughs> mental image now. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, my bra Oh my brain. Oh, God. But you've linked us uh, to uh, the Stereo Gum Costume Kingdom here so that you could get more than just a Kurt Cobain wig. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that you can get. Uh, one of the th you know, I'm telling you, what you're going to see a lot are people dressed as a uh, Miley Cyrus foam finger. That's going to be a huge, huge uh, Halloween costume this year for adults. Better than walking around with a wrecking ball. I, I, I suppose. But again, anyway, I hate Halloween. But if you're into that sort of nonsense, uh, fill your boots. Uh, speaking of nonsense and filling your boots, uh, Wade McNeil is on the docket to talk uh, to us this morning. And I have no idea who this guy is. And every time, every time I emailed you, what do I need to know about this guy? All you'd say is, don't worry, I'll take the lead. Yeah, I will. Okay, let's get him on. Hello? Wade. Hey, how's it going? 
Where where are you now? You're are you, you're back in the country, right? Yeah, I'm at home in Toronto. You know, Wade was a member of Alexis on Fire for a very long time. Uh, he chose to leave, went to a band in the UK called Gallows, very good band. And what happened with Gallows? Gallows is right now taking some much-deserved time off. For the last two years, we've kind of uh, hit the road till the wheels fell off. So uh, everyone's kind of collecting themselves and uh, writing some music at home right now. What's it like to spend two straight years on the road like that? I mean, it's kind of the norm for my for everything that I've done. I, you know, Alexis toured really, really hard and... And then, um, you know, kind of as that band was winding down and we had those conversations where we were thinking, I don't know if this is going to move forward, is right when I got that call from Gallows. And so the stars really lined up with that. And it was kind of as weird as it was. It was just, you know, on to another bus, into another studio with another group of guys. Same shit, different band. Yeah. Uh, how did uh, you guys tour together, right? Is that how you managed to hook up with Gallows? Uh, yeah, Alexis had uh, toured with Gallows across Australia, and then uh, the last time we did the Warp Tour, which I think was 2008. Now, you're a follower of Geeks and Beats. You're the guy that actually called and asked, said, uh, could I be on the show? Uh, what, what is it about what we do here that that uh, that, that attracted you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know exactly when my obsession with podcasts like shifted over that it seems like uh, I feel like anytime anyone asks me what new records I'm into, um, I'd probably have a better answer for what podcasts I like the most. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think it, uh, it, it runs a gamut of a lot of stuff I'm interested in, you know? Um, I think, uh, I don't think you would take offense of me calling you, uh, you know, a next level music nerd, Alan. Um, <laughs> I think I see it. <laughs> that's uh that's something that uh you know i would consider myself as well um uh you know i'm constantly searching for new stuff and um and so aside from the music aspect i don't know you guys touch on a lot of stuff i like like uh you know new technology and film and and uh, i just think it's interesting so you're in a weird world as well because you know at age 29 you sort of span the the generation of radio moving into the ipod world in the first place and so the, the kids who come after you are the ones who don't know anything about radio. Uh, the ones who came before you don't know don't know anything about podcasting. You're in this unusual sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because I think um, uh, there's a certain amount of, especially this technology is uh, you know some, there's certain things you try and fight for a little while. You know, I thought you know we were touring and I had my massive CD binders still in the van. And, uh, you know, we're all bringing like 200 CDs on a tour so we can keep it interesting. And then I was like, I don't need an iPod. And then you make the switch and obviously it's the most logical thing you've ever done. And I think uh, there's those kind of technology steps that, especially as a musician and someone that spends a lot of time traveling, just makes so much sense, you know. And um, I think I'm still I'm still fighting the, you know, Kindle, like reading on some sort of tablet thing. But I'm sure when I stop bringing massive hardcovers on the road and do that, it will probably equally make as much sense. Is it fair to describe yourself as a geek here? Because I'm on your Wikipedia page, and I've seen a lot of Wikipedia pages for various musicians, but very few list their equipment. And you've got quite a bit of kit here, and a Gibson geek at that. I think it's definitely fair to say I'm a geek. I don't think, uh, 
I don't think many musicians get to uh, get to where they're at by uh, being the most popular people in their high schools. They get to where they're at because they're isolated playing guitars in their room. What other kind of tech are you into? I'd say aside from uh, me kind of just clearing out the Apple store, um, it doesn't really go that far. I mean, as far as everything else, you know, I, I like playing vinyl and, and uh, it doesn't get too deep after that. No, don't get into vinyl. You'll get Alan going for hours. Oh, yeah, we could. <laughs> We could talk for a while, as a matter of fact. We're having some technical difficulties here in my studio because I had to have my my rig, uh, uh, my Pro Tools rig here uh, modified so I can record, so I can rip some vinyl into stereo. And, and anyway, that's where you, if there's a whine in the background, it's my fault. I can't <laughs> figure out why. Maybe, you know, you're a Pro Tools guy. You should come over here and fix this for me. Give it a shot. Maybe give me a <laughs> chance to... Uh... Give me a chance to, uh, you know, just dig through your vinyl. Maybe see if I could uh, make you part ways with a few of those doubles. Oh, man. You know what happened the other day? I, You know, the, the downtown record show is coming up in Toronto on November the 3rd, and a couple of the organizers came over to the house, and I, I wanted to sell them some old magazines. I have some old cues. I have some old mojos. I have some old uh, record collectors. And, you know, they're all in pristine condition, and they, they, they took a look at these huge shelves full of magazines, and they go, nah, paper doesn't sell. But we'll look through your collection and see if there's anything there that we want. So uh, I left them in the basement for a couple of hours, and they they found some stuff that I really don't care to keep, and uh, they left me with six hundred and ten dollars. So it's a good day. Not bad, not bad at all. Yes, I've given myself X amount of space for my vinyl, and as I'm putting new things in, I'm removing old things. So I'm uh, yeah. I'm kind of trying to curb it in some sort of uh, in some sort of way. I guess it's like coming off of heroin or something like that. Uh, I guess sounds like a TLC show waiting to happen. <laughs> Well, you know, with my wife, she was all for these guys being in the basement because anytime there's somebody in the house that's taking stuff away, short of robbery, she's all for it. And if it has to do with my music collection, again, she was all for it. And now a guy named Sheldon's going to come and have a look at all the papers, so maybe he'll take all that away. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Sheldon? No, no. You did not have great sex with Sheldon. I did too. No, you didn't. A Sheldon can do your income taxes. If you need a root canal, Sheldon's your man. But humping and pumping is not Sheldon's strong suit. It's the name. Do it to me, Sheldon. You're an animal, Sheldon. Ride me, big Sheldon. Doesn't work. And I want to... Uh... Wait, wait, you didn't get the When Harry Met Sally reference? I got the... Did you get the Big Bang Theory reference? No. I picked up on the uh, Bang Theory reference. <laughs> See, there you go. It's a generational thing. Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> what are you doing to pass, pass the time? Um, I've started doing some DJing sets and uh, just uh, working on music. You know, Gallows is a band that uh, lives in three different countries as of now. So uh, maybe I should, uh, you know, start getting involved with some new technology so I can figure out how we can practice uh, living in California, Toronto, and London. That's a pretty tough tar- triangle to cover. <laughs> it's, yeah. All the best to you, Wade. Cheers, guys. Time now for a Geeks and Beats update. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. I guess we should talk about our uh, our lottery experiment using uh, our synesthesia subject, uh, Alyssa. I did invest some money into you playing the numbers that uh, Alyssa says looks pretty or look pretty. I ran it twice. We ended up, no, I can rank, sorry, I ran it four times, those numbers four times, and we ended up with a free play and five bucks, which I pocketed. So we're done. (laughs) (laughs) 
you're not going to split this three ways, the five bucks between you, me, and Alyssa? I'm going to, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll buy you a coffee. You know, I can't even buy you. No, you can't even buy us a coffee. I can't. No. No. So, uh, well, Tim Hortons you could, but they'd be smalls. So I have the numbers here. They are 218, 24, 28, 33, 42. I'm going to keep them, maybe give them a bit of a, a break and uh, play them again a little bit later. So it did not work. And I tried it with the um, uh, $50 million uh, Lotto Max last week. Yep. Didn't work. Didn't work either. We got an update as well on the best concert story ever. The finalists in the Super Tooth the Disco Sound Bar uh, contest have been announced. If you go to geeksandbeats.com, uh, you can... Uh, vote on who has the best concert story ever. Craig from Toronto uh, told us that he got a chance to play the bass guitar Paul McCartney used on uh, the Ed Sullivan show when he got backstage at one of the shows. Paul and PEI thought he had the best concert photo ever. Turned out he didn't. He took the picture and it uh, was a little bit delayed. Ended up getting a, a snap of Joe Perry's crotch. And Stephen from Toronto uh, may be the world's greatest father for keeping his Rolling Stones promise 10 years later to his 7-year-old son, later 17 when he took him to see the stones of those three i'm looking at the results here i can't believe it i can joe perry's crotch with 84 percent of the vote so far is uh, on the way now paul from pei has marshaled his twitterati forces <laughs> is that what happened that's what's happening here uh, we uh, we thought that paul mccartney's base couldn't possibly beat it you know Craig from Toronto looks down at this base Paul McCartney hands him, and he realizes this is the one. Uh, and so there is no way, you know, even Andrew Stokely, who's a, a longtime Geeks and Beats listener who thought he had a great story about the beautiful South, said, forget it, give it to the guy with McCartney's base. But because Paul from PEI has managed to marshal his forces the way he has, so far he is winning. Hmm. He's, we've got one last week. This is the last week. Next week, we announce the winner. Uh, Stephen from Toronto needs to up his game. He's only got 5%. I know. See, that's a sweet tug on the heartstrings story. Yes. The Paul McCartney bass is a, is a gigantic music nerd music fan story. The Joe Perry's crotch thing, well. That's the funniest one, though. Yeah. The poor guy thought he was getting a great picture behind the scenes of, of Joe Perry there, and he, he hit the snap, but it was an old digital camera, and by the time he lowered it down, that was when the shutter actually went off, uh, and so he got this blurry shot of Joe Perry's crotch, uh, thinking he had the best photo ever. Great one. And, and frankly, I've, I've got to admire him for uh, getting uh, all of his Twitter followers to come onto the Geeks and Beats website. You can vote once a day, and it looks like many have. Uh, so if you uh, think that uh, Joe Perry's crotch does not deserve to win and that Paul McCartney's bass or the Rolling Stones' dad ought to, go to geeksandbeats.com, hit the concert uh, section, uh, hit the contest section, and uh, let us know what you think. Why is Bruce from Thompson upset? He is upset because he thinks we changed the rules on him. You may recall last week uh, he was the only one to call in. In. And so what we did was we took the two previous ones as well so that we did have three that you could decide one of three would move on to this final lightning round. And uh, so he, uh, he admits his story was weak, but he thinks we changed the contest rules on him and that he should be included, I suppose, simply because he was the only one who called in. I think he was the only one who called in because everyone figured Paul McCartney's base would win it. That's possible. I'll give him something. Throw him a bone. He wants us to compensate him by giving him a co-producer credit. Yeah, fine, fine, take it, whatever. All right, Bruce, uh, this edition of the Geeks and Beats podcast is brought to you in part by Bruce from Thompson, Manitoba. Yes, and you can use this on your resume. Please, uh, if you need any references, talk to us. We'll uh, we'll help you get a new gig. 
if you need one. Normally, this costs you $25. It's much like a real Hollywood uh, co-producer credit where you actually don't do anything. You just spend the money so that you can brag to your friends at parties. Speaking of bragging rights, guess who's now following the world's most popular podcast? Uh, well, I know that Vanilla Ice is one of our people. Who else? Body Break with Hal and Joanne. No. Body Break with Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. That's very cool. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Very uh, nice. They are following 21,940 people, and now they are following 21,941. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. You want some, some fitness music tips and apps. Right. Okay. They were on the Amazing Race Canada. They got their butts kicked off. Yes, yes. I actually, there was an Air Canada contest, an aeroplan contest, where you had to pick the winners. And I had, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a points pig. I want to get as many aeroplane points as I possibly can because I like flying for free. And I had bet on them. And when they were eliminated, I was I was so upset I didn't watch the rest of the program. Yeah. Well, Hal and Joanne have been around for quite some time. They're not the spring chickens they were when they first uh, started doing those body break segments. Well, it doesn't matter. They, they... They're married. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, you know, I, I'm an amazing race follower, so I knew all this stuff. Google Glass is uh, starting to uh, get interesting, you say. I told you that back in the summer I had an opportunity to play with Google glass i really thought it was cool i can see why it would be annoying for a lot of people simply because well you know you, you know what they call people with the, the walk around wearing google glass what do they call people who walk around wearing the google glass they're glass holes swear to god i, I knew that i just wasn't going to say it oh so you were going to let me take the heat precisely what they're doing now is, is there's, there's new um software being written for these things and one of the things, you know, you can see this being useful for, for uh, emergency staff, emergency technicians, um, you know, police officers, uh, anybody else who wants to, to, to record things on a, on a, in a real-time basis. And they found things also that if you wanted to do um, – they've got some new firmware that would allow you to learn how to play a song. It would just show up as in your heads-up display. You would be able to play music uh, or, or tune an instrument using the stuff that's actually – in your Google Glass setup. You could play a game, you could start a bike ride, you could start a round of golf. All of this stuff would be uh, tracked for you. And, uh, I, you know, again, I can see that this would be useful in certain circumstances and really annoying in others. But I, I, I think we're, you know, wearable computing is, is, is the next big thing. And we'll wait and see what sort of stuff is going to come along with it. Android police found 19 new voice commands when they went digging through the latest update to the software, including uh, capture a panorama. So I guess now you just need to spin your head around mm -hmm. uh, and create a 3D model so you can use the camera that's built into it and, and look around an object. And as you're generating that image, it's actually creating a 3D model based upon what it is you're looking at. Yeah, that's that's really kind of cool. Uh, when I tried it out, all I had was the the basic sort of um, software, and so you know you go, okay, glass. Uh, who is Alan Cross? And then boom, my Wikipedia thing came up in front of my face. They've also added a double blink detector, so you can control things by uh, blinking rapidly in uh, quick succession, according to the website. The other thing, too, is you mentioned you know, that we're in this whole brave new world of wearable computing. I finally got to try out the Samsung smartwatch. Oh, and what did you think? Not ready for prime time. No, I love the commercials that are running. Did you see the one with uh, Dick Tracy and Star Trek and all, all the other uh, uh, people speaking into their watches? With this miniature transmitter. All right. Come in, Chief Quimby. Yes. What time is it? 
Thank you. It's all right. This is 86 reporting into control. How's it going? I have an emergency situation. Relay the information to headquarters. Enterprise. Order of the ship's computer library records. Jason, can you read me? I read you. This is Secret Agent Rock Slag. Okay, partner, let's make a little spectacle of ourselves. Anything particular in mind? The atomic punch! There's only one man who can get us out of here in time. I'll be down right away. I'm on my way. We're on our way. I'm on my way. We're on our way. I'm on my way. It's a fantastic commercial. I tried the Dick Tracy talking into your watch routine. There is no privacy associated with that. We get so caught up in this idea of wearable technology and being able to talk into your wrist, uh, but we forget the privacy implications associated with it. Anyone could hear what we were talking about, no problem whatsoever. And I I don't think that there's a, a viable long-term need to be talking into your wristwatch. The other features that were attached to it were things like the ability to have text messages pop up and stuff like that. It was it was just way too bulky a watch for me to consider as a day-to-day product. Oh, yes. And a text message comes up on your watch because it's too much trouble to dig into your pocket to pull out your phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, I, I'm I'm not sold on these things. I really am not sold on them. It seems like a solution looking for a problem. It does. We need a new consumer device. We need that something something that will be mass appeal. Uh, a watch. No, it's not going to work. Time now for Ask Alan Anything. Hi, name is Jean-Francois. I love the show, by the way. If you listen to the scorching sound at the end of um, uh, Carmen Police by Radiohead, uh, you know, things get pretty crazy. I want to know, like, do you know how to make that sound? How was that sound made? And have you ever noticed the random two uh, piano chords played at the end through? Yeah, that's it. Have a nice day. Well, one of the things that Radiohead is very good at is making weird guitar sounds. So when they get together with producer Nigel Godrich uh, and, and Johnny Greenwood, they come up with all kinds of weird sounds. I'm not a guitar player. I'm not a guitar effects expert, so I, I, I'm not really sure. But you can bet that they spent many, 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 many hours in the studio coming up with that particular song using rewired amplifiers, outboard effects, and pedals. Um, and that's what makes Radiohead Radiohead. They come up with sounds that no one has not heard before and sounds that no one can even imagine having heard before. If I recall correctly, didn't uh, Smith singer Morrissey and Johnny Marr, the guitarist, admit that in the uh, massive popular track How Soon Is Now that they were screwing around trying to come up with some interesting little riff with this guitar loop that they came up with and then later on they forgot how they did it. Yeah, what they needed, it was Johnny Marr who came up with it, and he had a couple of amplifiers with tremolo effects. And this is back in the pre-digital days. So what they had to do is feed the guitar through these these uh, these amplifiers, and they uh, mic'd up all these amplifiers in a specific way. And then what they did was they tried to synchronize the tremolo effect between the amplifiers in real time, which was very, very difficult. And all they could manage was 10 or 12 seconds at a time. I'm, I'm really proud of it because I've done something that... Um People, uh, people who don't even like the band like the riff. The song didn't have that tremolo on it at first. It was initially me just going. Which is, which is pretty cool. But, uh, but I thought it needed something. So after we'd recorded it, in the recording process, I had the idea of putting it through... Uh, through the tremolo, that, that effect. 
there was, Johnny Marr admits, uh, a certain amount of spliffage that night. Uh, they never really wrote down exactly how they managed to achieve what they wrote down, and they weren't able to replicate it properly ever again, which is why the Smiths never played How Soon Is Now live. Why couldn't you just take the Masters and just have that as a loop? Well, you could, but this is 1983-84, so uh, it was it was difficult to see. The, the loop would have had to have been on magnetic tape. Ah, uh, okay. So that was there was no samples back then. I didn't know that it was Mar who actually had written How Soon Is Now. He had written it and then shipped it off uh, to Morrissey uh, for Morrissey to put together a rough mix of the song. Yeah, uh, and that's usually the way it worked. What, the, what Morrissey would often do is drop a cassette uh, of his vocals over top of uh, Johnny Marr's music in uh, the mail slot in his house. If you've got a question for uh, Ask Alan Anything, 323-319-NERD. Cut the cord and go to geeksandbeats.com anytime. You'll get the latest episode and links to the stories the boys are talking about. Geeksandbeats.com. Also available on 8-track and cassette. Got a 4K TV yet? No, I did buy a 65-inch, um, I got a new one, the Panasonic Plasma 65-inch uh, 1080p. 65 inches? Like, I've been to your house. It's a big house, but you're going to have to have put that in the, in the great room. Here's what happened. My wife said, you know, our TV is too small. Done! <laughs> Okay, how how big was it, or how too small was it before you got the sixty five inch? I had a seven or eight year old ten eighty i plasma TV that was fifty inches, and uh, the blacks weren't very black, the whites weren't very white. It pixelated quite a bit, and uh, it was getting to the point where there was uh, I, I could notice the ghosting when I was watching sports. So an opportunity came up to buy a sixty five inch plasma at a very good price, and I did. And it, it's 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 great. I mean, I'll end up you know here's what I end up doing. I end up watching NASCAR on Fox simply because the picture is so good. Oh yeah. Yeah, not. Hey, I just want to say to all you other drivers out there, if you smell a delicious crispy smell after the race, it's not your tailpipe. It's a little bit of shake and then face. I haven't seen the 4K yet, which is four times the resolution of what we currently have with uh, 1080p. And uh, there are TVs available, uh, but most of them, there's one that's under $1,000, but I wouldn't buy it because it's cheap Chinese junk. Uh, But there are some others that that are are available for four, five, six, seven thousand dollars now. But um, the problem is that there's no there's, there's there's no content. Nobody's shooting stuff in 4K yet because it's so expensive, and because the bandwidth required to transmit this stuff is huge. But that hasn't stopped Muse. Uh, they've come up with a new concert film. It's uh, going to be originally shot uh, shown in uh, in theaters, who, which have 4K and better projectors. Uh, but eventually, it's going to come out um, for for television. And uh, you know, Matt Bellamy, the guitarist, says it's it, it's really quite creepy uh, the detail that it shows. Um, which leads me to another company called, um, I guess it's called Hussio, which is the first porn company to launch 4K videos. Where you've got all the time in the world to spend downloading that kind of content. Uh, uh, downloading that content, and you see every wrinkle, every mole, every hair, every everything. Yeah. Do you really want that kind of resolution? Probably not. <laughs> if, uh, if if you're just a, a, a slapdash porn company, you're going to get some really, yeah, 
Uh, but if you're, you know, the, of the high-end variety with, uh, you know, lots of soft focus and lots of uh, pretty music and slow motion and all that sort of stuff, well, maybe you can make a, some art film out of it. I don't know. But uh, I'll, I'll pass on 4K porn. Geeks and Beats listener Martin, Mr. Bacon Razor, as his Twitter handle goes, points out as well that there is so little 4K content to watch on a 4K TV that it doesn't really make sense other than to be a show-off. However, there is an absolutely fantastic application for 4K TV that I'm waiting for. I want to buy, not a 64-inch, because that would take the entire width of the office in here, uh, but uh, something of a maybe a, a 42-inch to 50-inch size screen, and I want to make that my computer monitor. Yeah. Now, okay, we're recording this on Monday morning. Tomorrow, it's going to be uh, – Apple has their big product uh, uh, announcement of something in uh, in San Francisco. And one of the bets are that they're going to announce a 4K monitor. No, that's not going to happen. It's going to be the uh, new iPad and the new iPad mini with the Retina display. It'll probably also have that uh, fingerprint reader, although I don't see the value in the fingerprint reader on a device that generally stays in my living room versus one that's always out and about with me. I have a uh, 5S. I set it up over the weekend. The fingerprint reader rocks. Hey, how did you get a 5S? Did you buy a 5S or did Apple send you one? No, no, no. I bought one. Okay. I bought one. I, I ordered it back in September and it finally came last week and I set it up over the weekend. And the fingerprint reader works great. I got a gold one, of course. <laughs> All right, Brittany. But then I covered it up with a case. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, it works great. Um, I would have a fingerprint reader on a uh, an iPad because my wife takes her mini iPad everywhere she goes. And I just know that at one point she's going to leave it behind and she doesn't want to put in the, uh, the passcode. So I, I'm, if, if a new one comes out tomorrow, uh, I'm definitely going to get one with a fingerprint reader for her. I'm amazed at the number of people who have iPhones that don't have some sort of passcode on it. You're going to lose the thing eventually. Someone's going to steal it from you, and all of your stuff's going to be accessible to the whole wide world. Yeah, I know. It's a dangerous thing. Hey, uh, with Wade, we were, you made a, a joke about the Big Bang Theory. Did you see uh, Eric Elper's uh, list that he uh, tweeted uh, from his uh, Twitter account there uh, that takes you to his blog uh, from Ad Week? It's uh, Big Bang Theory in its seventh season. For every 30-second commercial, they get $326,260. Bazinga! <laughs> Big Bang Theory is consistently in the top five of ratings in the U.S., and it is consistently number one in Canada, so I'm not surprised. Uh, one of my all-time favorite TV shows actually does fairly well in the ratings, all things considered, and uh, that is uh, Two Broke Girls. You like that? I love that show. It, it, it's, it's my raunchy, dirty little secret. Yeah, no kidding. Max, did you blow a possible cupcake customer tonight? You know I don't mix business with pleasure. They're not pulling in that much less than, say, a modern family or, or even The Simpsons, for that matter, at about $178,000 per ad. That interesting. Tells you something about their, their, their demographics. Exactly. Very, very important demographic. You don't like the show, though? No, I don't. I, I'm modern family. I'm, I'm, I'm all for, but uh, not too broke girl. I'm falling down on the modern family. I, I... How can you? That's some of the greatest writing on television. How can you not like it? Oh, what's, 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 what's the big fat gay guy who's not actually gay? Cam. Cam. Can't stand that character. That's a fan- He's great. Oh. Uh, no, no, no. And, and you know, it's got nothing to do with him being gay. It's got everything to do with him being a caricature 
of of being gay. All right, all right. I, I don't like caricatures, which is why I stopped watching Seinfeld after the second season for that exact same reason. All of the characters became caricatures of themselves, and I had no interest after that. So, do you watch Big Bang Theory? I do. And you don't see caricatures there. I see hints of caricatures within the characters. They they haven't become uh, something self mocking in unto themselves. Okay, I'm I'm calling you inconsistent on this one. No, no, because the Big Bang Theory, the, the characters, uh, there are actually characters. Whereas um, on Seinfeld and uh, with this Cam character, they've taken one character point and turned it into their entire personality. All right, we'll just move on. We'll just uh, agree to disagree on this one. Really. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.